Brandon Jones, Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. Game day for the Toronto Raptors, so it's a double dip of Smith and Jones as we've got the action for you tonight with the Raptors down at Scotiabank Arena. And they are hot, folks. No doubt about it, the way the Raptors have been playing of late. Getting set to host the Chicago Bulls. The Raptors rolling into the tilt tonight, having won three straight, three games above 500, And uh, another tough test uh, against the Chicago Bulls who roll into town as the number one seed. And hey, the Raptors have taken care of number one seeds of Lay Jonesy. Yes, I know Kyle Lowry wasn't in the lineup, but with due respect to Kyle and, and whatever is going on personally for him, we still continue to wish him all the best. He's been gone for like 10 games now. So the Heat have won and beat a lot of opponents without Kyle Lowry, and the Raptors took care of business twice against the Heat as the number one seed, and now with a little flip-flop as the Heat are a game back of the Bulls, Chicago comes to town as the number one seed, and it's time to do it again and knock off a top-spot team. Well, all I can say to the Chicago Bulls is, especially after uh, last week's game, uh, bring your tools, man. <laughs> bring bring <laughs> your stuff, baby, because uh, the, I, I loved – there's the competitor, the coach, the ex-player in me that just loves this Raptor team. And even more love for them, the fact that they're – number eight in the conference and aren't looked at as a team with, you know, an alpha superstar, top five, top, you know, 10 player, not, not in our eyes, but in other people's eyes. So, you know what you want to get dirty. You want, come on, let's go bring it, bring it. It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the underdog, the Rocky Balboa, the, the, uh, you don't want a piece of me. You think you do, but you don't mentality. And I, I, like I said, the last game, I described it as a rock fight. And you you can hit me as hard as you want. I'm going to take it. Now it's my turn to hit back. Let's see if you can take it. You're used to hitting people and knocking them down on the first punch. No, no, no. I'm going to be standing right here in front of you. And I just, I love this team for that. And I love that it comes right from Nick Nurse. I mean, we watch him on the sideline. He's He's up and down, and he, he wants every – he's just like one of his players. He wants every call. He's – when it doesn't happen, he says his piece. He keeps playing. He keeps his team playing. I, I just love that. I get excited. I get excited about watching this team now and the kind of run they're on. It's only been three in a row, but you just look at the way they're playing. They are, like you said, E, you pointed out yesterday, never out of a game. Other than the, the, the COVID loss, as I call it, in Cleveland by, you know, 40 points or whatever it was that night, this team's going to be in it. Doesn't matter how far ahead of them you run, they'll catch up to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I yep. love this team right now. I just, I, I love it. I love it. So the Bulls, if any of the Bulls are listening, bring your tools, baby. Uh, I'd say well, they something might be else, listening. But... They might be listening. I, I saw them rolling in yesterday and posting their pictures. Here's the funny thing, too. I love when teams come to town and they're posting pictures of like, oh, in Canada, it's cold. It's like, dude, you're coming from Chicago. You got hammered by snow just a couple of days ago as well. This is not like... We're we're not into the Northwest Territories or the Yukon or something. This is what you're. This is what we talked about with with Justin Termini yesterday too. Yeah. Just like half the league, Jonesy. How, I mean, like I'm going to beat this drum till I retire, whether that's in two years or 22 years. Like the fact that half the league is in basically the Northeast or the Midwest where it's cold and it snows for four or five months of the year. Like enough, enough with the snow, with the weather, with the whatever. It's 
just because there's a line that goes across and one says Canada and one says U.S., the weather is the weather, and it's bad in a lot of spots. So enough, enough with the chatter about the weather. And even the tax stuff that we still talk about all the time. Again, a point I made yesterday and a point that we've made many times over the years. I, I think it's actually incumbent upon the league, and not just the NBA, but every league that has a team, well, heck, I was going to say team north and south of the border, but it's it's still unfair in a sense for the National Football League too. When you've got states that have no state tax, and that's a clear competitive advantage for negotiating contracts and the amount of money that a player can make, I think the league needs to do something to try and offset that because teams from Texas and teams from from Florida – clearly have a distinct advantage like forget about even discussing about what the tax bracket is in wisconsin versus what it is in new york state versus what it is in los angeles in california or in canada when you don't have state taxes and it's significantly significantly cheaper in texas and florida that's a major or at least it should be a major competitive advantage for all teams in all leagues from those spots the taxes in toronto or in canada uh, well, Toronto, I guess I would say in this case because of where the team is, are no, they're 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 really kind of on par with New York and California. Like there's 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 not a major difference. Oh wait a minute, there is. You come up here, and in terms of your local spending, your dollar goes twenty five percent further. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know may, maybe that's. Something simple that's overlooked. I, I know you pay taxes where you reside and you pay taxes to... I, I get it, but it's no different than, than, than paying your tax in, in California or, or, or in New York. And we, were t- we went off the air yesterday. No free agents go to Denver. People are like, oh, Toronto doesn't get free agents. Well, no, no free agents. Not big name anyway. No free agents go to Denver. No free agents go to Cleveland or 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 Indiana or out west. Like Mark Cuban has all the money in the world and kept getting shut out of the free agent market for big names year mm-hmm. after year after mm-hmm. year. No 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 major free agents are going to Portland. Like it it you know. Well, Jonesy, jump back to what you just said about Dallas. Jump back to what you just said about Dallas because it's a narrative that we've said some people buy, some people don't, and they should buy it when you think about Dallas. How did they improve their team or acquire players over the years? It wasn't via free agency. Not the marquee names, right? Not the marquee names. Drafting, trading. Yeah, and that's why, why, you know, it... it, uh, it incentivizes or seemingly incentivizes some people to tank. And even then, you know, I'm looking at all the stuff that's going on with Brian Flores and the allegations of here's 100K to lose a game. And I, I love what he said about that's not in my DNA. It's, the game did too much for me. I'm not going to cheat it like that. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the curse that's hit me as a Browns fan because you heard Hugh Jackson talk about it too. So the Browns get the number one pick. And then blow the pick. Sorry, Baker Mayfield. Like could have had Josh Allen. <laughs> could, have, could have had could have had a whole bunch of other guys, right? So it goes back to what we talked about before. You can tank, you can get the draft picks, but you got to make the right pick and develop the right person. Uh, you know, let, do, do we need to 
regurgitate the list again of teams that stay in the lottery, keep drafting, and keep reserving their seat for the lottery every year in, you know, well, it looks like they're finally climbing out of it, but Minnesota for years, Sacramento, New Orleans, you know, these teams, uh, you know, they, 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 keep, they keep getting high picks and nothing happens. So I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I love what the Raptors organization has done. And it's, I, you know, by the way, E, I did listen to Justin Termini on his show yesterday when I, while I was out shoveling snow and had the headphones on. And he was very complimentary of, you know, coming on with us and of the Raptors saying that, as he told us, can you imagine the uproar and the gnashing of teeth had the L.A. Lakers had to relocate and play basically 72 road games last year? Like, I mean, all we're hearing now is, oh, how they're banged up and this and that. And it, 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 it happens in, in Toronto, too, as, as, as we have said. And there's a culture here. And part of the culture is no complaints. All right. This is what we've been dealt. Let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. Don't, don't tell me how rough the water is, man. Bring the ship in. So, again, I go back, going back to what I said, I love this team. I love, I love the fight in them. And uh, it's fun to go to the gym. It's fun to do the games every night because you know this, these guys are going to be in it. Hey, you just, you just cut a promo for us. There you go. It's, it's fun to be in the gym. It's fun to call the games. We will call the game tonight. 7 o'clock pregame show, 7.30 tip-off, Raptors and Bulls right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan, we've got a double dip of Smith and Jones today for you as uh, you've got us for the next couple of hours and then again the game tonight. Um, we're going to talk Bulls and Raptors a little bit more in depth in a few minutes time when uh, um, Bill Wennington joins us. But Jonesy, just to, to maybe put a put a bow on the, the, the Raptors chat, at least as it relates to our conversation yesterday that we had with Justin Termini. And by the way, if you missed that conversation, you can always catch the podcast after the fact. If you don't catch it live, even if you're listening to a snippet of us right now, listen back later for the entire show Smith and Jones, find it wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, all that stuff. Share as well. Maybe it's the fact that they were talking about it. Maybe they're in lockstep, Eddie and Justin, the way you and I are oftentimes. But Eddie Johnson, of course, the former NBA, who's joined us many times on this show in the past as well, he sent out a tweet a couple of days ago that was pretty much in lockstep with his radio partner, with his broadcast partner, Justin Termini, where he talked about the Raptors as well. I don't know if you saw this one, but it speaks to what you were just saying about the Raptors in Tampa last year and a point that Justin made. Maybe Justin was even stealing a little bit from Eddie here. Or Eddie was stealing from Justin. Eddie says, The Raptors are a tough out every time they step on the court. They have developed a culture of toughness and perseverance. Playing in Tampa last year and playing without fans this year. Well, most of this year. Two straight now over the heat. And that was obviously after the game the other night, now getting set for the Bulls tonight. So even a guy like Eddie, again, probably it's in his brain because he was talking about it on a show with Justin, but he's kind of seeing the same things that you and I are talking about right now. Yeah, and, and uh, that, that doesn't lie. That's not, that's not smoke and mirrors. That's not um, uh, you know, misdirection plays that happen to trick the other team. That's, and again, I'll say this as a at a different level a guy, as a guy who played on those type, types of teams and coached those types, types of teams. When you look to your left and you look to your right and you're fully invested and those guys on your left and right are fully invested too and they look to their left and right respectively and the, guy beside them are, the guys beside them are fully invested. Hey man, you're tough to beat. 
there's no there's no magic it's just good old-fashioned hard work gritty play intelligent play maintain your personality this is who we are and this is why we win and teams that lose usually betray their personalities in some way once you have your identity so um, I, I really, I, I, I agree with Eddie, and it's not something that, heck, you and I, we've, we've been saying it, and, and we've seen it, and now the rest of the league is starting to catch on. These guys are going to be, if they are healthy, they are going to be a tough, tough out. Okay, I, I got an announcement I too, E. Oh, go ahead. An announcement. Oh, hold on. Do we do we need like Lance Kennedy with the ticker tape or something like with the uh, with the no, with the breaking just, news? Like no. I just took so much. I felt like I went in the lane and everybody blocked my shot last night. Like, even though I was the tallest guy, you got it before I could get it up to the rim. And I got the rebound and I brought it down and Boffo stripped it off my knee. And I had to chase it out of the lane and I dribbled back into the lane and I pumped fake Lance Kennedy twice. And as I pumped fake, he knocked it out of my hands and the possession expired. Like, that's what I felt like last night in the group chat when you were like, oh, Jones, you remember, it's only so many guys to pick for the reserves. <laughs> I don't want 20 guys. Just give me seven. Here's the criteria. I'm like, all right. And, and all the laughing faces and the rolling eye, eye water <laughs> laughter. And like, so my announcement is I have to stay to my personality. Oh, but I did, I did enact a certain finite number of guys, and then no, I think they're okay with this. You, you don't enact a okay there is this. a finite number. It's already set. You don't you don't well, have yeah. to. Well, it's my rules, though, man. It's my ball. So what, it's wait, my wait, rules. Would you, like, would you get it to like eleven or something? No, I got it to what we discussed in the group chat. But I do have a list of, and I'm sure everybody has one of these. And we should make Buffalo and Lance put theirs in the group chat too. But. I do have a list of guys that, under the category, I won't be upset if these guys are selected over. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that because there is. I will okay. grant you most most columns you read or or segments you see on television or radio. Most there is a snubs list where it's you know two or three. Okay, yeah, but but like I got a cap yet three Jonesy. Like come on, you can't give me like five, eight, ten snubs. I gave you seven. No, you gave me seven. Reserves. You're not giving me seven no. snubs. Well, in the east I could. In the west oh, I could. Boy. It, it, it just shows how much how much depth there is in the east. I had. It took me two seconds to pick the west. All I had to do was look at the standings and look at who was playing out there. It's like this guy, this guy, this guy, this yep. guy, this guy. That's it. Go to the east. It's like. Uh, well, but don't forget about him. Oh boy, their team's doing really well, and he's a part of it. Yeah, but there's a couple guys on that team. I just, it, it, the the East was so much harder, so much harder than the West. Okay, well, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. We're teasing it a lot here. I, I'm, I'm kind of like uh, I'm, I'm I'm doing some housekeeping on the air, which isn't always the greatest thing. But you know, hey, you listen to radio now these days. This is what they do. They talk to their 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 crew, their team, their producer, their director, their engineer. Are we like I know we were trying to get Bill Wennington now? Are we having a hard time tracking him down? Because if we if we're not getting Bill right this second, we could. Oh, Bill's there now. Okay, so if if we get we'll, we'll get to the reserves later, or we can even ask Bill what he thinks. But but that call us a tease now. It's a tease that coming up in uh, I don't know twenty minutes time, maybe thirty. Stay tuned for Paul Jones's All Star reserves, and I've got mine as well. And maybe one of the questions will be: 
I think it's pretty obvious there will be one other. I don't think they're going to get two others. I don't think they should, but they're having a hell of a season. They're the number one seed coming into the game tonight. How many Bulls will be named as reserves? I think only one, Zach Levine, and more than deserving, no doubt, joining starter DeMar DeRozan. But all-star aside, an important game for both clubs tonight as the Raptors look for a fourth straight victory. And the Bulls roll in, having won two in a row, sitting at 32-18. and 18. And former Bull, longtime NBA vet and Canadian Bill Wennington joining us. Bill, thanks for the time. Eric, Paul, pleasure. You know, I, I, I was telling the uh, producer before, it's like, you guys are the enemy today. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking to you. Oh, Billy, <laughs> come on. That hurts, brother. <laughs> that, 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 that's killing me. We're, hey, we, we were talking about how tough and out Toronto is. Take us back to the teams you played on with Michael and his mentality as to, I mean, I heard he was just brutal in practice. The stories are out there. You better be invested when you play with him, and you better give 100% effort. And this is what this Raptor team is like. And I know you've lived it, Billy. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you have your best player that pushes everyone to be their best and to show up every day 100% in, things are going to work out well. And because everyone's doing their job, and he made sure that everyone understood that once you stepped on the floor – and, and, oh, by, by the way, you better be there on time. Uh, it's work. And once we step off the floor, you can play and you can do whatever you want. And he, and he, and he actually came out and literally said that. He, you do what you want off the court. But if it's going to affect what you do on the court, you better not do it or I'll run you out. Wow. <laughs> Speaking with Bill Wennington, um, how hard was that, Bill? How hard was that to, 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 to have that approach and that mindset and that focus every single game or was it not hard at all well no it, it's hard to stay that focused all the time because there were a lot of distractions and, and plus we're humans so our bodies just you know over the course of 82 games it just it gets tired and some days you just don't feel mentally like you can push your body physically through the task of getting up and down the floor you know dragging guys you know back in the day patrick ewing rick smith's uh, in early days, Kareem Abdul Jabbar up and down the floor, having him pound on you. And then obviously, you're playing Detroit, you get the bad boys going Rick Mahorn's going to jump on your back and punch you in the back of the head. So it's some days it's just, you know, your, your mind is saying, I can't do it. But uh, Michael was there as an inspiration for all of us to push us, but he was finding his motivation in different ways. And that, and that could have been anything from, you know, something uh, an opponent said in the paper. Uh, something that happened in practice, something that happened last game. Uh, he found a way to get motivated every single every single night. And, and granted, there were a few nights that things didn't work out, but he found something in that game during that time to, to get himself motivated and to kind of push us along with him. B- Billy, last one for me before we get on to the present day, uh, you know, incarnation of the Bulls. Nobody practices in this NBA. I mean, and people talk about Michael's career. People talk about Michael's career and just knowing how hard he drove you guys, he drove himself, how competitive he was. How many more years does he play if there's, quote, load management, unquote, and he does? Because I I know from talking to you and, and people like Harp, some of those practices were like games. They, they, they were just as tough as games and even tougher because of who you were going against. How much, how, 
What's the career arc like for him in terms of years played if he's not going through pounding practices every day? Uh, I, I think it helps. I, I think it would make it a little bit better. But you know what I'm saying? Michael liked those practices. He was yeah. he wanted them. And, and he was pushing us to, to, to practice them. I, I honestly think what, what's happened, though, is the NBA – over the years has decided that they didn't want as many back-to-backs. They didn't want as many uh, four games and five nights in a season. So they spread everything out a little bit more. And I'm going to be honest with you. For me, I think it's worse because, yeah, we had back-to-backs before. You know, we might have in a season 10 or 13 back-to-back games and uh, three or four or five and uh, uh, four and five nights uh, or maybe more, more than that. But you know what? If you have those games, guess what? You have more days off where you have more two, three days without a game. We don't have that anymore. You're almost, if you look at the Bulls schedule, the month of March, uh, we play every other day, literally. And there's a couple of back-to-backs in there. So I think it's harder now because you're, if, it, if it's a day off, it's not really a day off because you're flying somewhere. You have to go somewhere. So uh, you really don't get the full rest that at least I think we used to get, you know, yeah, we had to practice, but, you know, we, we were at home uh, quite a few times during the season for four or five days where yet you, you could have a practice and yeah, there was a game in there, but uh, it, it was all right. So you get the, you get, you can get your practice done and get your work done. Now you just don't have that time where you have more than one day between games. Hey, Bill, this, this maybe ties in perfectly to something we've been discussing the last couple of days, and some, you know, some people listening might be rolling their eyes like, oh, here he goes again talking about this. But one of the themes, Jonesy, we've been discussing the last couple of days is the minutes. You know, and Jonesy likes to say, Bill, the minutes police come out. Like uh, some fans are like, oh, you know, this isn't sustainable what the Raptors are doing, Fred and Pascal and, and Ananobi and Scotty Barnes as a rookie. They're, they're logging a lot of minutes. Tying in everything we've just talked about the last eight minutes or so here, the focus that you need every day, the coming to work, the lack of rest, the travel, the every other day. Is it too difficult, or, or, or are we out to lunch here, Bill, when, when I say at least, and I think Jonesy you know, kind of agrees, is it too difficult to say to a player, there's 168 hours in a week. Generally, we're going to have four games. I need you, balls to the wall, giving me your everything for two hours in those four games. So eight hours a week, I need you. The other 160 are yours. Maintenance, rest, you know, rehab, working on your body, whatever it is, but I need you for those eight hours. Like, is it unheard of or is it too crazy to think that you should be able to play 40, 42, 44, you know, three, four, five nights a week? Uh, I mean, it's been done, but, you know, I'm looking at, uh, like Gary Trent said, over the last five games, average 41 minutes a game, Siakam 43, Van Fleet 43, uh, Barnes 42, and then you look at DeRozan, 36, Levine, 35, Boots, 35. And you know what? Every coach is different, and every coach has their own system and, and what they feel they need to have to to win. Is it feasible? Yes, it is. Are you going to get the people to say you're going to burn them out? Yes, you are. Does it happen? You know what? It does sometimes. But if guys are, for lack of a better word, professionals and take care of their bodies uh, when they have the opportunities to, and they're not burning the candle at both ends, you know, and they're getting the proper rest they need and, and, the, and the proper treatments. I mean, these organizations are spending millions of dollars, forget about the salaries, but on people to take care of these people, masseuses, uh, strength coaches, uh, physical therapists, 
And they have all these things available to you, so you got to take advantage of it. And uh, I, you know, I played till I was 37, and uh, Lord, I wasn't playing those minutes at, at any time. But I understood exactly what my body needed and what I had to do, and I made sure that I was getting it that way. I could play as long as I did, and that's what players have to do because it is a heavy load. It is a big strain on the body, but uh, it can be managed, but it, it really does take a lot of time and work to make sure that you're maintaining properly. Billy, you look at a guy like DeMar DeRozan, uh, who is such a, a great vet, and you know we saw him in Toronto for years add stuff to his game, and he comes in. A lot of people weren't sure that he would be – a great fit in Chicago this year, and I, I, I said this to Ad, we had Adam Amin on, we've had uh, we've had Chuck on, um, where the Bulls are in the standings, and for my criteria around MVP, Demar sure deserves to be in 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 the discussion and for what he's done with the team. Oh, he he absolutely does, and I don't think anyone thought that he would fit in as well as he has and and do what he he's doing for this team. And to put this team where it is right now, I don't think if you go back to the preseason polls uh, after the trade was made and right before the season started, I don't think anyone ever anywhere picked the Bulls to be in first place in the Eastern Conference at any time this season. And that's a, a huge tribute to DeMar with all the injuries and the COVID misses that everyone's had. And he's been one of our most consistent guys all season long, just what he puts on the floor and been able to carry this team and, his uh, late-game heroics, uh, last-second three-pointers in two straight game, games in a row uh, has been absolutely phenomenal. But, uh, one, you give a, an, an all-star MVP, absolutely his name is in the in conversation 100%. But I also got to give a little credit to Billy Donovan for kind of molding this team and, and making all those pieces fit because we really do have a different team. Sure, Zach Levine and Kobe White were here last year, but and Patrick Williams, but that's really it. The rest of the team is new. Vooch, was, Vooch came last year and played, you know, in the second half of the season, but I didn't even play the whole – I don't even think he played 30 games last year for us. So, uh, really, to have this team put together and everyone, DeMar, to fit in and find out exactly what he can do and keep everyone else involved and everyone else to fit in around that, it, it's been, you know, miraculous, really. Speaking with Bill Wennington, Raptors hosting the Bulls down at Scotiabank Arena tonight, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 tip-off right here on Sportsnet 590. Fans, so you get a double dose of Jonesy and I today. Bill will have the call with our uh, old friend, a you know familiar voice in this area, Chuck Swirsky on the Bulls radio network. Bill, um, how sustainable is it what Chicago has done this year, given everything you discussed earlier with, with COVID protocols and missing so many players and, and postponed games and jam-packing the schedule and everything else, and yet here they are still sitting atop the East uh, you know, at the 50-game mark. Like, Do you anticipate they're going to be right there, one, two, three, by the time the dust settles in you know, three months, two and a half months from now? Uh, I, I think so. And, and who, Lord knows what could happen when – when we get healthy, I mean, we haven't been healthy since the end of November, early December, when we had have everyone playing. And obviously, right now we got Lonzo Ball is still out and Alex Caruso, and they're two of our best defenders. And Lonzo has been shooting the three ball so well for us, and it's been phenomenal. But having said that, you know, Eric, when when a team goes through adversity during the season, and they're successful with it, you find out a little bit more about your team. And what we found out. Uh, if, if you look at Io DeSumo, you know, he didn't play early in the season. He was a rookie. He wasn't playing a whole lot. He's one of our best players right now. 
And, and he has just t- taken off playing well. He's defending really well. He's shooting the ball well and, and doing you know, just phenomenal things. I don't think anyone expected him to be playing as well as he is. And, and hats off to him because he's really learning and developing his game and, and pushing himself to be, to be better every time he steps on the floor. And then with Javante Green, a guy that, you know, is kind of a fringe player, has come out and been one of the, our best defenders and has really fit into what this team does. Even though he struggles shooting the three ball, he finds ways to score, getting to the basket, and he'll defend anyone on the floor at any time and sacrifice his body. And these guys have just stepped up, and we found out so much more about them, and it's given us much more depth. So finally, when, when we do get healthy, I, I think we're going to be even better and now you put us in a seven-game series in the playoffs, that's a different matter because now scouting reports of different teams can really prepare and key on everything you do. It's, it's tough during the regular season to really prepare for one team unless you've had two or three days off or a coach could put things in. But as we talked about a moment ago, teams just aren't practicing a whole lot anymore, so it makes it more difficult. But for the playoffs, teams will be a little bit more prepared for us. And you know, I will say we do have one weakness. We're not a, a tall team. You know, we we don't have a lot of bigs that are going to protect the basket and end down the paint. But our energy on defense and the way we hustle and, and switch has really overcome a lot of that and been uh, really our strong point for most of the season. Bill? Billy? Oh, go ahead, Jonesy. No, I was going to say it's great, great to great to talk to you. Um, the, the last question I was going to ask, and you touched on it briefly. I know we're up against the clock, E. Um, is this team built for the playoffs? Because they always talk about team being teams being built for the regular season, built for the playoffs. I know there's a little bit less experience, but what do you see playoff time for these guys? Well, I, I think because of our leadership in Demar and Zach, I think yes, uh, but and I think they're going to have to play extra hard in the playoffs. As I said, if teams have bigs, we go up against a team that have bigs that. Uh, play dominant roles on teams. We're going to have to work extra hard. We're really going to have to focus on boxing out, playing with energy, jumping around defensively. But, yes, I think we are built for the playoffs right now. I, I don't think there will be any major changes before the trade deadline. I'm not saying that uh, at buyout time there would be maybe we pick up a body here or there, but I don't think AK wants to change anything right now because, again, we haven't been healthy. And uh, here we are sitting atop, you know, the Eastern Conference right now, and, we have two of our major players out. Bill, appreciate the time. We're going to see you, I guess, in, uh, I don't know, eight, eight or so hours or maybe a little less. See you down at the gym tonight. All the best. Thanks for joining us. See you at the gym, Billy. All right, guys. You got it. Take care, fellas. There is Bill Wennington, Bulls radio analyst, former Bull NBA champ, longtime NBA vet as well, and we will continue the conversation on the NBA and maybe uh, look a little more intently at the all-star reserves and a whole lot more when michelle beetle joins us next on smith and jones everything raptors before and after the games the raptor show with will lou subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts back on smith and jones eric smith paul jones with you thanks again to bill wennington for joining us again it's the raptors and bulls down at scotiabank arena tonight seven o'clock pregame 7.30 tip-off, so you got us right now until noon, and then we're back again tonight with the broadcast of the Raptors and Bulls. And speaking of broadcasts and the NBA, broadcaster for the San Antonio Spurs and host of the 
What Did I Miss podcast with Michelle Beadle. It is the aforementioned Michelle Beadle. Michelle, thanks for the time today. Of course. Thanks, guys. How you doing? We're good. We're, we're doing we're good. well. Michelle, I want to play something for you. You're going you're gonna to obviously know this quite well because it's from your show. But, but if the audience, our audience, at least if oh. they missed it, if they missed it, this is going back a couple of weeks, I believe. But, but Lance, maybe we can play this right now. This is, this is on the uh, What Did I Miss podcast. A couple of weeks ago, you were discussing Toronto Raptor Fred Van Vliet. Lance? Fred, I, I want him to be a detective. I feel like he has the best detective name in the league, like, like a P.I., P.I. Yeah. Disgraced. He was kicked out of the police department because... He was one of the best detectives of all time, but he liked to play a little loose with the rules. He didn't play the game. Capital T, capital G. That's right. And now he's got his own thing, and he's the best in the biz. Fred Flamsley. <laughs> there you go. So, Michelle, <laughs> first of all, it was very good. I still very love good. that name. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it plays even better when you see the graphics that your team put together and, and, the, the, and, and you know, the video and everything. So that's even better. So, folks, make sure you check it out. We'll, we'll retweet the link or something later so folks can find it. But, um, it, listen, I can ask you later I about the Dijon- connection. I, 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 I've, I've dimensioned the connection because the kid who does it is because Jerome, and he lives in Toronto, and he's Canadian and very probably a Raptors fan. Oh, so I, I think he's I probably didn't know. <laughs> Even oh. better. Even yeah. better. I love it. Okay. It so out. I can ask you later about DeJounte Murray because to me he's one of those guys that's on the bubble as a potential reserve, but the yes. Spurs record it probably is going to keep him out. But what about Fred Van Vliet? If you're putting together your all-star reserves, is he making it in the East? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. And I know right now it's, it's what, like a Siakam Van Vliet, one or the other seems to be how they're pitting it. I, I yeah. don't know why. As long as the, the Pistons got two in the Rising Stars game, I feel like all rules are off. <laughs> like, that's, that's the one thing. Because down here, I know I know for a fact, you know, Devin Vassell felt very sort of dissed, I think, in the Rising Stars. And then, and then you sort of saw the list, and it was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, the DeJounte Murray is having a heck of a year, and I think it would be hard to pick between Siakam and Van Vliet. This is that weird part of the year where as fans, we don't know, is this really important to the players? Do we think it's more important? Sometimes I don't know. Um, but then every once in a while, one of these guys will sort of show their poker face, drop for a second, and you realize, no, they actually care. I think a lot of these guys care, and especially when it's a, something that the other players are talking about, that's how they – I mean, they don't care what the media thinks, but they certainly care what each other thinks, which I think is probably more important anyways. Uh, what's the uh, rank in the uh, police force e above detective? Is that inspector? Like, does it do we, do we call her Inspector Beetle? Like, and and by the way, uh, Amin Al Hassan was terrific on that too. I mean, he he played right along oh, with you. I, I don't love know. him. So we're gonna we're maybe we'll call you Inspector Beetle. But but Michelle, I like he, it. He, here's here's the other question. You 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 make a great point with the guys letting their poker face down. We talked about letting the players vote. Should the players take it more seriously? Because some of the guys, they—they, yeah. they, I mean, they vote for as a joke. They vote for their buddy, who's the twelfth guy on their own team. Like, like, don't they need to take it more seriously too? I mean, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's, <laughs> you could almost say this about any voting process. It's so hard sometimes to make people take it seriously when you think, oh, yeah, maybe it seems flippant to some. And, and maybe if you're on your 11th All-Star weekend, you don't really think about it the same way. But to some of these guys, this is maybe 
their one and only shot. This might be the only time they're on the radar for even having an, a, a chance at this thing. So, yeah, it'd be nice. It's, it's not like it's taking days out of their lives. You just have to take the vote a little more seriously. I know I, I know Ben Simmons votes and a couple of Kyrie Irving votes, and I just thought those – I don't think those were done in any sort of seriousness, and I'm not sure why. You know, it, you have friends that are probably also having good years. So if you're going to take the vote not as seriously as others, then at least vote for some that potentially should be on the team in the first place. Hard to make people take things seriously, but I would certainly like them to. Well, you might be trying to dig I mean, one look, of your buddies, have... but, but go ahead, Michelle. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, we, I mean, we have media members, too, that I know like that sometimes wouldn't take it seriously as well. I, I think we just – everyone wants to be the clown, and everyone sort of wants to act like nothing's that cool, and we're, and we're all – you know, but it, it, sometimes just maybe we chill out and do what you're supposed to do, and – and not be too cool for school for five minutes. <laughs> well, and th- th- to, to that point, I was just going to maybe be guilty of that. Maybe, maybe they're clowning and trying to, to dig one of their buddies by saying, yeah, I'm voting for you, so you have to go to Cleveland. Because I'm sure that's part of it, too. <laughs> I mean, like, like listen, I, I know in Toronto back in 2015 or whatever, it, like, the worst part about that, Michelle, to, to look back in history here, Jonesy, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to do the Fahrenheit Celsius conversion here, and I'm always terrible at that, but it was like, minus 10 Fahrenheit or something. And like the next weekend, it was like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. There was such a switch in the weather. And of course, when the spotlight was on Toronto, it was ridiculously like polar (laughs) vortex cold. But I got to imagine, Michelle, guys are going to care more about the game when it's in New York or Los Angeles or even, you know, a couple years back in Chicago. And they're going to care a little bit less when it's in like Charlotte or Cleveland and not one of the big markets, one of the big spotlights. I mean, I could totally I, – I, that resonates with, I think, most most of us. I mean, if you've had to travel for work at all, everybody's got favorite places and least favorite places. I know for me, when, when the finals ended in Cleveland that year and LeBron was on his way out, a lot of us were like, well, okay, well, I, I'm assuming we never have to come back to Cleveland. Like, that was kind of it. And so I understand – no offense, Cleveland. I'm sure, somebody, I'm sure somebody's going to take that offensively, but it's fine. Um, it, it's, it's like there's the argument – I think a lot of people look at the NFL. You know, they have – the Super Bowls, they have a handful of places it seems as though they pick, a lot of them being warm weather cities, because of course it's in February. Well, so is the NBA All-Star Weekend. I don't know why sometimes, I understand you want to spread the love, but sometimes it's not easy to do that. And when you think that the All-Star Weekend is not just about the game itself, it's the days leading up, all the events, you have to somehow get around the city, especially if you're not from there. If the weather's bad, that adds to it, grabbing a taxi, what have you. So it's just, it's a, it's a logistical nightmare at times. I mean, I didn't have the heart to tell Devin Vassell that here. I hope somebody else did. But, hey, man, you don't have to go to Cleveland. And granted, it's 20 degrees here today, so kind of it's confusing. But at least you don't have to go to Cleveland. And you can have a weekend kind of off. <laughs> so it's just not a bad thing. Oh, 20 degrees Fahrenheit? Oh, yeah, it's 20, 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Celsius. I've got ice on my car. It's, uh, Fahrenheit. It's weird. It's, it was 74. Wow. Yeah, we're having a weird little storm right now. It's Texas. You never know. It's everywhere, really, but, yeah. Michelle, in terms of the reserves and, and, and the All-Star game, you know, we talked about, you know, taking it seriously. And, and, and uh, the game itself, though, still has, regardless of where it's held, the people that are in it, there's yeah. still a, a prestige involved in it, right? I was named an All-Star. And, you know, we were talking about Fred, but all joking aside, when you're named by the coaches – and, and right. we'll see with DeJounte Murray tonight. When you're named by the coaches and, and that second wave of voting, that to me almost carries, and I've said this, Eric knows I've said this for years, that almost carries more weight for me because it's coaches, it's people that 
kind of look at it with a deeper dive. I, I mean, the fan voting, you, you, you have people that haven't played all year and they're in the top five. <laughs> uh, this is a little different. Right. Yeah, no, fan vote, I mean, look, the Andrew Wiggins, um, K-pop push, all of that, that's sort of what is wrong with fan voting. I love the, I mean, fans should obviously have a say in some way or another because without it, what is this? But I think, yeah, if I'm a player, I would certainly hold my coach's opinions, the assistant coach's opinions, I would hold those in a much higher regard because, A, I know they know what they're talking about. They're not taking it they actually care. I mean, for them, it's like, well, if I'm going to do the trouble of voting for this, I'm going to actually put five minutes of thought into it. They see these guys on a night in night out basis. So it's not like they're just sort of doing the name recognition thing. Well, I, I've, I think I've heard that guy's name a couple times this year. He must be doing well. I'm going to vote for him. No, they actually know. And so, yeah, if I'm a player for sure. No offense to everyone else, but if the coaches think I'm good enough, that, that for me is a, is a bigger push and a, a nice boost of confidence, especially if you're kind of new to this whole thing. Speaking with Michelle Beadle. Michelle, I, I mentioned off the top, I, I just sort of, you know, casually threw at the name DeJounte Murray. He's having a heck of a year. Uh, the Spurs, you know, clearly not having a fantastic season, but at the same time, you look down and go, well, heck, they're only two games out of that final play-in spot. So, I mean, there's a, there's a chance maybe to get yourself into the dance, I suppose, if things keep up like this over the final 30-odd games. How much do you think for, for not just for Murray, but looking big picture, the record factors in? Because a, a guy like Trey Young, he is there, but his team, now granted I know they've caught fire of late, but they're still a couple of games below sure. 500. They're still, you know, well down from where they were last year in the conference finals, but he's a star either way. What about a guy like Murray, though? He's having a great year. He's putting up good numbers, but his team is struggling. How do you look at players like that around the league that might be on teams that are not having great seasons, but individuals that are playing well? So I think, I think this where it comes down to sort of, are you actually paying attention? Like, are you really watching it? And I just have, I have the benefit of it here. I watch these games every day because that's what I do and I want to do. And I'm aware of how he plays. I'm aware of how these games actually play out. Because if you just really, you know, I'm going to sound like such a homer, but facts are the facts. Like, if you watch these games and then just look at the record, it's two different stories. These games have all, almost all of them have been very close. They've all been fourth quarter decisions, some in the final two to three minutes. No, they played Phoenix, uh, and then they turned around and played, um, oh, my God, I'm just drawing a blank the other night. Oh, Golden State, back-to-back. And it was like, okay, that's one and two, and they were in both of those games. And so, I, I, and granted, Golden State didn't have anybody play, but it doesn't matter. It's still Golden State. There's still a lot that comes with that. The crowd was half and half. It was what it was. And so when they're in these games, I think in-house, that's something that they're building on as far as learning and moving forward. But I also think if you're watching any of the games and you're watching DeJounte Murray, then sure, the record might not be great, but what he's doing, the numbers he's putting up, I think he should be on it. And, I, you know, Steve Kerr the other night was asked about it, said he's got his vote. So who knows? I, I think coaches know better than most. We will find out if they've been paying attention to Spurs games. And it's like year in, year out. There are some teams that maybe no one's watching. And, you know, down here in San Antonio, we've always thought it was us against the world. So <laughs> it's like, oh, they're not paying attention again. It's a very, it's a very funny way to feel, but. Yeah, I, I'm hoping he gets in. I, I think he deserves it. Uh, Michelle, we know exactly where you're coming from with the uh, nobody cares about us, nobody's watching. Um, and, and, <laughs> I know. And much much like the Spurs, much like the Spurs who were, when they were winning with Tim Duncan, oh, it's boring because there wasn't the high-flying stuff. Yeah. But much like the Spurs right. and their culture, the Raptors have developed that too. Well, we don't care if you're watching. We're just going to keep on going out there and doing what we do and playing hard and, you know, in Toronto the last little while, uh, last year aside, and winning, and 
you'll respect us. You may not like us. You may, might think you're, we're boring. You won't pay attention, but you you will respect us because we're winning. And I, I get the feeling the Spurs are trying to recreate that culture right now, Michelle. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, if you even just look at pop, it's a, it's a completely different culture than what it used to be. And, and it has to be out of necessity. It's a different vibe. It's a different age group. It's a different set of talent, it, you know, it's funny to sort of sit back and now having been two, three years removed from sort of the national media and to sit at home and be like, why on God's green earth are the Knicks and Lakers still on my national television? <laughs> because I, I'm sorry, yeah. like those aren't, that's not good basketball. Nobody wants to watch that either, but somehow they're, I mean, the Knicks have been on, I think three nights in a row. It's ridiculous. So yeah, I, I personally, I've always thought this for my own life. I always thought it was way, way, way better to be underrated and then maybe surprise a couple people than be overrated and have everyone be disappointed all the time. So I, it is. I, th- I think they'll build on it. I mean, look, if they were going to be underrated with Tim Duncan on the team, then there's no way anyone's ever going to care. So that's like if the, kil- the culture's built in here. It's not going anywhere. I, I, I'm going to look big picture on something here for a second, Michelle, because you follow, watch, cover, been involved in the NBA for a long time too. So let's forget Toronto. Let's forget San Antonio. I want to ask you about a couple other teams, speaking about below the radar or expectations and everything else. <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers currently sitting Oof. in the ninth seed, two games below 500, and people still talk, ooh, might Anthony Davis get into the All-Star? Like, please, come on, honestly, no, no. But then on top of that, Michelle, what about the Cleveland Cavaliers? Like, it's in the hometown. They're 10 games above 500. They're the fifth seed in the East. Darius Garland, Jared Allen. Like, I mean, they're, yeah. they could easily have two players. It's a, such a beautifully bizarre year of parody so far that I, I'm, I'm all in. I would love – and they should. I mean, they are the host team. They should. That's, again, with the Detroit Pistons having two, it's kind, of, it kind of a weird thing because – we're doing record and all that, but Cleveland deserves to, and we all deserve, our ears and brains deserve to not have to hear any more about how Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to flip the switch because the switch is dead and gone. There is no switch. It's not getting flipped. This is it. But like, that is their team. You put it together, figure it out, and hopefully we don't have to deal with it come playoffs. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about that, but I hope Cleveland gets in. And Cleveland's such a great story. They've sort of, they've officially moved on from their past, um, I think Kevin Love is a hilarious part of all this because I think a lot of us, if we were honest, probably wrote him off as, all right, well, he's going to finish out his career quietly and, and retire, and that will be it. And now all of a sudden, Cleveland is talk of the town, and I don't hate it. I mean, look, do I want to go to Cleveland? No. Am I rooting for them? Yes. Michelle, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, as always, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you again down the road. Take care, course, Inspector Beetle. Guys. Good luck the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> There is Michelle Beetle, Spurs broadcaster. And uh, make sure you check out her podcast as well, uh, wherever you get your podcast. What did I miss with Michelle Beetle? Mm-hmm. Hey, while you're there, make sure you subscribe to Smith & Jones as well. Please rate and review. All right, somehow we made it through that conversation without giving our reserves. I think we might have tipped our hand a little bit on Fred Van Vliet. I have a feeling he's going to be on both of our teams. Maybe I'm wrong. But, Jonesy, I'll, I'll let you jump in here in a second. Here's yet another tease. I said in 20 or 30. Well, I was right. It, it's 30. You're going to have to wait a few more minutes. Make sure you stay tuned because coming up right after the top of the hour, we will have our All-Star Reserves, and we're going to keep track of it. And when they're announced tonight, we'll find out on tomorrow's show who got more correct, who's the, who's the big-time winner, who's walking around with the chest puffed out going into Friday's show. You know, I, I never take any credit in that. <clears throat> Actually, 
it's kind of like being voted in as a reserve. It's almost better to lose because you know it shows you know too much for your own good. So I'm just <laughs> putting that qualifier out there. And to Michelle's point, and people always say this, and I'm gonna the bubble over my head is going to break. My inside voice that that should be kept inside is is suddenly opening the door for something to come out that uh, I've always said. You and I have whispered this on the plane and kind of snickered about it. Um, everybody says, oh, the league, it's like, oh, baseball's better when the Yankees are good. Says who? I'm not saying that if I'm a Blue Jay fan. Yep. Like, you know, oh, the, the league is better when the Knicks are good. Hell no. Uh, why? Because they're New York? Oh, the league is better when the Dodgers are good. Unless you're a Dodger fan, you ain't saying that. So I don't know where the people get off in the NBA. Oh, the league is better when 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 the Knicks are good or when the Lakers are good. No, the Lakers are they're they're trained sputtering on the track now, and it's good to watch. Let them go through some hardships. Let them know what it's like. So I I don't buy into that. Everybody, oh, the league is better when New York. I mean, there's New York is certainly a great market, a great franchise, and it's good when they're good. But it doesn't necessarily make it better. The league goes on without, with or without them. If they're twenty-one and sixty-one, or, or you know, fifty-nine and twenty-three, it, do, it does. They're still in the league. It doesn't matter. Like, why is it better when they're better? I don't get it. I don't get it, and I never have. Sorry, inside voice back. That's all right, Jonesy. We we like when your inside voice comes out. Just as long as there's no you know magic words that's gonna get you or I in trouble. That's all right. Let that inside voice out. Let it out of the shell, Jonesy. Be you. Be real. Be true to yourself. Nothing. Sometimes. Nothing. <laughs> Sometimes. Bueller, Bueller. Anybody? Bueller. 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 <laughs> All right. Again, Smith & Jones. Subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, share. All that good stuff. We will continue with more in a moment. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and English. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. is over. It's time to get to our all-star reserves. Jonesy, I don't think we should go back and forth, back and forth. I think we should go full list. Give yourself the time to make explanations if you need to, because I know you're going to have more than me. So why don't no. you go first, and I'll let you choose if you want to start east or west. You give yours, then I'll give mine, then we'll move to the other conference. Um. Okay, let's let's go with the tougher conference first to get the get the tough stuff out of the way. I thought the right. uh, East was much more difficult. Like I said, I sat down, did the West. It was like, yep, 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 no, yep, yep, boom, there it is. As a matter of fact, my first shot because they always say go with your first gut instinct. My first shot, I only put six guys down for the West. I haven't revised it since we started. Since I started it last night, came in the group chat. I said, "Let me do this now." Sat, looked at the standings, looked at some stats. 
went through the West and only put six of the seven down. As a matter of fact, even now, as I look at it, I still have a blank and, and okay, one hold of on, the hold spots on. in the West. Hold on. I, we, we need to be clear on something here before we start. Because maybe you didn't even follow the rules of the chat, which is fine because I'm, I'm willing to take one off my list if I had to. I think no, no. because we already I know. Did. No, hold on. Let me, let me make sure. Let me make sure. Are we doing eight or seven? Because I think we had said that with Durant already pulling out, we need eight because somebody's going to be named as a replacement. So then are we doing eight for the West as well or are we only doing seven? I'm doing seven. Okay, so, I, but are I, I we doing seven. eight in the East or only seven? I, I did seven. and, uh, mm. and one, See, Lance, uh, he didn't follow. He didn't follow the chat, no, Lance. No, he's, he's, no, you know, no. He's changing the rules on us, man. Okay. No, a guy, a guy in the tough-to-leave-off list can be added okay. into the Durant spot. Okay? I'm throwing you I'll a curveball. In. instead of Instead of you throwing me a curveball, I'm throwing you a curveball. Because we know for a fact that Durant is not playing. He's already said he's not playing. We won't deal with the what-ifs of the West. So, Jonesy... Eight in the East, seven in the West. So you can take one of All those right. guys from your what-if list. So eight in the East All right. and and seven in the West. Go ahead. East first. Go. So so you threw that curveball like you hung that one out like grandma's laundry, and I've hit it. <laughs> I've done a Vladi. I've, I've hit it so far that I can walk around the bases for two weeks, and you won't find that ball. Okay. Um, in the East, uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, Jared Allen. Jason Tatum, the guards, Levine and Van Vliet, the, the front three front court, two back court. My wild cards, James Harden. And looking at the standings, Drew Holiday. And then the replacement guy, I've narrowed it. I could basically narrow it down to, because Durant's a front court guy, I can narrow it down to two guys, Siakam and Adebayo, both of which are playing their backsides off but have missed time because of injury. Um, and and I'm, I'm good with either one. The, 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 the partial side of me, and people will say this, and I'll, I'll admit it, I, I would go with Pascal, but people say, oh, how can you have a team that is eighth with two guys? Well, okay, then give it to Bam. I don't have a problem with that because they're – they're two in the East, and but he's missed a lot of games too. And there were other guys that I thought were deserving, but probably won't get in. Uh, okay, don't mention their names. Don't mention names because okay. no, no, don't mention right. names because they might be on my list. They might be on my okay. list. All right. So, hopefully, Bafo or Lance is writing this down, or you've got a copy of what you just said, and we can we can make sure we share it so nobody's lying tomorrow when when the uh, announcements are made tonight. We had five, the same, maybe six. But I had a couple different. So I've got James Harden, Tyler Hero, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Fred Van Vliet, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine. Mm. Those are mine. Now, I will say, and, and uh, is that seven? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I need an eighth. Mmm, Jonesy. I will say, oh, man. You know what? The eight makes it tough because I might actually then put Butler on, but then I'm like, well, if Butler's there, does Hero need to be there? Because here's my thing with Hero. I will admit, I'm going into this. I'm going into this already prepared to say I'm not going to go clean sweep because there's part of my gut that says 
Tyler Hero will not get the nod ahead of Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. But I looked at not just record, but games played. And when you've yes. got a guy that's averaging over 20 off the bench, and he's the, the like he is the landslide winner right now, at least 50 games in, there is nobody even close right now for sixth man of the year. Like you, you talk to any NBA fan, expert or otherwise, right now, sixth man of the year, they're saying Tyler Hero. Well, if he's that good that he's the first person that comes to mind and he's going to be the landslide winner and he's played more games than most of the dudes on a team that's been ravaged by injuries, that to me is their all-star then. He's more so than Butler or Adebayo. So I'm kind of in the same predicament as you now because I'm, I'm left with that eighth where I think Darius Garland, based on Sexton being gone, is more than deserving, but I can't leave off Jared Allen. And up until yesterday, they were the fourth seed. They're still the fifth seed, and it's in their hometown. So I'm giving them two. I'm giving them two, the Cavs. So I'm, I'm not yeah. taking either one of those dudes off. So now I'm left with that eighth spot. Do I go with Siakam? Do I go with Butler? Do I go with Drew Holiday? Do I go with LaMelo? Do I go with Bradley Beal? You just mentioned Sabonis. Ah, I'm going to say Jimmy Butler. By a hair over Pascal Siakam. By a hair. And it's not that Siakam's not deserving. It's the record, record. comes into play. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. So I'm going Harden Hero, Allen Garland, Van Vliet Tatum, Levine Butler. Uh, and and you 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 won't get you won't get any arguments. Uh, you know I, I struggled with Drew Holiday in my last wild card spot, um, but you know I, like I said those guys tough tough to leave off. And uh, Darius Garland is on my list. Uh, so is Lonzo Ball. Um, Lonzo or Lamelo. Or both. Uh, sorry, Lamelo. Sorry, Lamelo. Lamelo okay. is on my yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to leave yeah. off. Miles Bridges is having a heck of a year for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so Sabonis. So it's unfortunate that his team is where it is, but the guy's playing. Uh, you know, Bradley Beal. Like last year, he made it on a team that was, or a couple of years ago, on a team that was had a bad record. But you know, it's it's Shaq's argument against Barkley's argument. Does the record mean more or? Is it the guy having a year? So there, there's, there's lots there, and I don't have a problem with, with either side. Do you, want to, do you want to go west now? Yeah, let's go west. Okay. You going first uh, again? Go ahead. I feel I'll like we first. might be – like I, I think we could be like, like 100% like same, but we'll see. Go ahead. Uh, okay. This was far easier for me. Like I said, I even have a blank here still. Rudy Gobert, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Uh, Green, uh, uh, in the backcourt, I, I go, go with uh, uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh-huh. Uh, Doncic. Yeah. And then pick a guy. You know, Paul George was great before he got hurt. Um, uh, how about how about Jaron Jackson Jr.? You know, how about... DeAndre Ayton. Like yep. there's 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 some guys there. The, the the last guy I have here, and it's kind of with a question mark, and I maybe I should solidify it. The the other guy is Donovan Mitchell. I, I, I think and again you kinda you'd have to look at the other stuff that goes with it, but um yeah, the, there's I guess if I put Mitchell in there, he's a good mid sized guy, but you know, I look at the record, Memphis got a better record, man, and yeah they're they're, they're, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been, I mean, we saw him twice, and he was, the, 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 the couple times I saw him, tough, really good. 
Really good. So I was, I was, I was sitting here waiting for you to say Donovan Mitchell. I was, I was waiting because otherwise our lists are identical. So my, my seven guys, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Draymond Green, Chris Paul, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. And Draymond Green, I think, is going to miss the game. He's banged up right now, and I think he's ultimately going to pull out. And that's where the question will come in. We said it with Michelle Beadle. DeJounte Murray record. You just talked about Jaron Jackson. Hey, even Desmond Bain. Like, like there are guys yes. in the West that yes. could get in there. That could get in there. So, but again, Booker, Doncic, Green, Paul, Towns, Gobert are a lock. I think Donovan Mitchell's a lock as well. But we shall see. So, I mean, that, that as you said, was a heck of a lot easier. And I, I really think it's going to be... Uh, the flip-flop in the West is, is do you put in uh, another Grizzly? And the flip-flop in the East, it's probably going to come down to, as you talked about, and, that, and this isn't even a homer statement, is Siakam there? Because there are not just one or two guys, there's five or six or seven guys, and Siakam is right there in the mix with that group of players. It's going to be real, real interesting to see which way it unfolds tonight when the reserves uh, are know, announced. If people look at the records, I mean – only because they've had two more games to play. Charlotte is a game ahead of the Raptors by virtue of two wins. Does that put LaMelo Ball in, right? Um, Darius Garland, his team's fourth. It's, it's at home. Like, does that put him in? So I, I and, and, and like Pascal is right in that mix. He has been terrific. I mean, terrific lately. So anyway, you, uh, just for, uh, for people keeping score at home, our man Lance Kennedy puts in the chat his reserves. Uh, in the East, Jared Allen, Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine, Fred Van Vliet, Jason Tatum, LaMelo Ball, Chris Middleton, and James Harden. And, uh, oh, good to see that Boffo is flip-flopping, too. Uh, and I'm not the <laughs> only one being accused of being like, as you guys used to call me, Grandpa Jones, Grandma Jones. Can't make up my mind. Uh, Lance's West Reserves are Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, Draymond Green, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, DeJounte Murray, and Donovan Mitchell. Hmm. So there you go. There you go. Come on, Boffo. Let's go, man. It's okay. Yeah, you You're only producing had, the show. You only we'll had like the almost end. a full day to, to, to figure it out there, Boffo. <laughs> nah, he's hustling, man. He's, 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 he's uh, you know, the Bugs Bunny cartoon where the one-man band, the ears are playing the cymbals, the tail is doing a drum. <laughs> that's, that's our man, Boffo. He's, he's grinding and hustling. So we'll give him a little bit of time to put his in writing. Well, it's interesting that, that, that at least, you know, you – I can't remember now my, my long-term, short-term memory here. You said Drew Holiday was on your bubble. You didn't put him in? I did. Oh, you did. I did. Okay, so you've got Drew Holiday. Yeah, you've got Drew Holiday. Lance has Chris Middleton. I've yeah. got neither. And I don't even have either on my bubble. Maybe I should. But I guess if I really looked at it, I would say more Drew Holiday bubble than Chris Middleton, but I don't have either one of them. Like, even first glance on through – I went right on by Milwaukee. Yeah, they're playing well, but I don't know that they're playing all-star level well, especially, you know, as 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 the champs. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm expecting more. So yeah, yeah, I, I, it happens. E and and sometimes um, we we come uh, we become victims to uh, voter fatigue or 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 a guy consistently playing well fatigue when you when you look at it. I mean. Drew Holiday's, he's averaging 18, 5, and 7. Uh, you know, it's, you know, 32 minutes. 
that's uh, it's it's not bad. He's shooting 50% from the floor, 49 and a half, 40% from three. Guy's a a, a a solid defender, impacts the game. I mean, that, sometimes that stuff is is easy to overlook. Yeah, it it it, it can be. Uh, Raptors tonight getting set for the Chicago Bulls seven o'clock pregame show, seven thirty tip off. Right here on Sportsnet 590, the fans. So a double dip of Smith and Jones, and we're going to find out tonight about the All Star reserves and uh, how much do you think this will? Alter- this goes back to our conversation we had with Michelle Beadle as well. How much do you think it will matter to a guy like Siakam? I mean, there might be you know something that is said uh, in public versus what is actually said or felt in private. I've got to assume clearly he wants to be there. He wants to have that honor bestowed upon him. And I think back to when he was named an All Star. And he found out in New York at the yeah. NBA store. And one of the things that he said to, to you and I, we ended up doing an interview with him, you know, maybe 30 minutes after he was named. I remember speaking to him quite openly about the pride he felt in making it to that level and knowing that his late father is looking down and seeing all of these kids walking around with this Siakam surname on their back with that jersey and now not just a Raptor jersey but an all-star jersey and, and how much of an honor that truly was to Pascal. So mm-hmm. I've got to assume this means a heck of a lot to him, whether he makes it or not. And as much as he'd be thrilled for his brother, his teammate in Fred Van Vliet, he wants to be there too. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I can't, can't disagree with you at all. And uh, we got a man on the line. Let's bring him in. E. And uh, I, I don't know if he's publicly named his yet. He must've cause he, uh, I don't know, maybe he's on six o'clock, uh, the 6 o'clock show uh, on the Worldwide Leader. But if not, I, I want to hear his reserves because his opinion, he's one of the guys that watches all the stuff as, a, as, a, as an ex-player and a guy who should be a, a coach in this league. But then again, maybe he doesn't want to be a coach. There's too much that goes with that. So <laughs> let's bring him in. Well, you just brought him in, Jonesy. Go ahead. Tim Legler joining us. Tim, Legs, hey, how Cameron, are you, man? How are you guys? I'm doing All great, good. man. How, how are you guys? Good. guys? Toronto Raptors playing well right now, so you guys got to be in a good mood. Yeah. Hey, Tim, we were talking about that. The, the Raptors are, you know, uh, a couple of your colleagues on, on XM Radio talking about it too. They, they've got a culture, and, and, you know, they the ultimate culture team, the Miami Heat, they beat them in two rock fights in the last three games. I mean, they were, they were good old-fashioned Pat Riley, 90s-type slugfest, man, where nobody, it's ugly, it's muddy, it's gritty, it's dirty, and somebody's going to come out with a win, and somebody else is going to come out ticked off, and that's how the last two games were. Yeah, they, and it's, look, Miami is a team that you know, they've had some up and downs, and honestly, the whole league has had a lot of um, lack of continuity because of injuries and COVID, and everybody's dealt with it. So there's been these streaks that teams have gone on, and Miami it had surged at one point to the top of the Eastern Conference, um, and then you guys get them in the midst of that, playing well, and you knock them off twice. And I think, talking about culture with the Raptors, I think one of the things that stands out to me, I've always said, you know, Nick Nurse to me is top five coach in the league. I just think he's exceptionally well prepared. I think he's a great in-game coach. And I think one of the signs, the true testaments of a, of a healthy franchise is when you have this many guys having the best years of their careers. I mean, if you really look at Fred Van Vliet, best year of his career, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, you've got Scotty Barnes, who's going to probably be in, I think, a two-man race for rookie of the year. 
uh, playing this well as a rookie. You know, Pascal is having a bounce-back year. Um, when you have that many guys playing well, it's a testament to the coaching, the culture, the system, guys believing in each other. I think they're the best-kept secret in the Eastern Conference right now because they've gotten absolutely no mm-hmm. talk. And I think that Nick Nurse is probably fine with that, uh, to fly under the radar a little bit because I think there, you know, some teams bunched together in there. And I know for, for me, the Toronto Raptors are a team because they, they carry themselves a lot of pride. This is an NBA championship franchise in recent memory. They are a team that I would not want to see early on if I was one of those top seeds. Um, so I think that Nick Nurse is probably just fine with it. But they've gotten less attention and less talk, I think, than any team probably in the East that deserves it. Hey, Tim, it's it's nice to hear you say that, only in the sense that it sort of validates a little bit of what we've been saying and, and maybe some that think, ah, you're just being homers, because a lot of that stuff you just said is what Jonesy and I have been preaching. And bear with me for a second being somewhat long-winded. Tell me if this is a homer take in a sense. I look back to a couple years ago in the bubble restart. The Raptors took the Celtics to the to Game 7 in a game that could have gone either way. It came down to the final shot, the final seconds. I don't know how much of that plays into then spillover into the offseason and, and, and last year and relocating south of the border and having to play in Tampa. No home games. The pandemic you know, running roughshod for everybody, but even worse for the Raptors. And then dealing with the absence of, of Kyle Lowry for a good chunk of last year with injury. Now he's gone from the team this year. The team's had... You know, 100% fans, 50% fans, no fans. They've been through so much. I look at last year, Tim, almost like a blip. Like, people forget, not just the championship. They were damn good the year after the championship, even without Kawhi. And last year, they didn't play at home for the whole damn season. Like, it's strange to me that they're being slept on as much as they are. No, listen, every single thing you said is valid. There's a big difference between excuses and reasons. And you're giving reasons. Those aren't excuses. Those are legitimate things that they had to deal with um, that the other teams did not have to deal with, particularly the relocation and even what they're dealing with now with really you know, not having a legitimate home court advantage. Um, and then the roster turnover. And, and you know, they're, they're guys that were the mainstays that were basically the face of the franchise no longer there and having to hand the reins off to, to, to other people uh, to be able to, you know, not fade away because a lot of teams in that situation, after having a successful run, you win a championship, they're good the next year, and then you, you, you wait. Okay, it's going to be a dismantling now. You go through that thing that people call a reboot or a reset, and now who knows when the next time is going to be before you're competitive again. Once you take your foot off the gas and you disassemble the parts, who knows how long it takes sometimes to get back to relevance. So the fact that they've kept their head above water while they were going through all of this, and now they're better than that. Now they're more than just surviving. Now they're a team that is, is finding themselves. And I, I don't know, I just enjoy watching them play because they're one of those teams that seems very well connected. I'll be honest with you, man. I have to cover the whole league. I sit around every night watching games, and there's a lot of nights I watch games that are very difficult for me to watch and teams that are tough for me to watch because I just don't see the connection between each other. I don't see the purpose, the passion. I don't see a culture. I don't see great coaching. I, some nights I sit there and say, my goodness, this guy's doing the same thing I'm doing right now, which is sitting on my sofa, eating popcorn, watching this game. Um, you know, some coaches just have a direct hand in the product. And, and that's what I see when I watch Toronto. And I, they're just a team I really enjoy watching because I think they've got a bunch of fighters on this team. They've got yeah. guys that are overachievers. They've got guys that always want to prove something. And yet at the same time, 
because sometimes when guys are in that mode, it can be a little bit selfish. There's none of that with this group. So I think everything you said is valid, and it's why people should have really a lot of respect and regard for what they've been able to do because they have been through it probably more than any franchise over the last three years. Well, and, and Tim, you know, to, to, to echo that, Eric and I have said that these guys are going to be a tough out, and you've been on teams like that. You've seen teams like that. And, and at a different level, I've been there, too, where you look to your left and you look to your right and you're fully invested. And that dude beside you is just as invested as you are. And you might even think maybe more at times and is willing to do whatever it takes to win. And there's an unselfishness and there's a there, there's an attitude there. And, and you know, you know, maybe you, you, you deem it culture, but. The, the Raptors have that. They are going to be a tough out, Tim. And, and I, I, I like what you said about kind of rebooting. Or We always say, you know, buy the house, pay the mortgage. The Raptors have paid it down pretty quickly and ready to, to, get, to get back in there. Uh, how do you think that impacts the way they're playing, um, the, the, the popularity with, you know, people paying attention? How do you think that impacts all-star selections? Because they got two guys playing at all-star level in Fred, well, a few guys, but the main guys, Fred and Pascal. But, you know, the fear is only one's going to get in, and it might be Fred and not Pascal. Yeah, and it's tough. Listen, I, I think, you know, it's always tough because there's just not enough spots. And I think what happens is with, with you know, the teams that are in those, usually those top four or five seeds, they're more likely to have a second guy get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's just the way it typically works. So I think it could be tough for them to get to, even though they're both deserving. There's no question about that. And, and that happens every single year. And if you're not on the all-star reserve list, then there's another list we always joke about every year. I say if you're not going to be an all-star, then you better at least be a snub. Because if you're not talked about as a guy that was snubbed, then you're probably not in that category at all. So there's going to be a short snub list of guys that absolutely have a claim to a spot, and that probably is going to be the, the case with Pascal Siakam. I think if one of those two guys makes it, it's more likely it'll be Fred. I just think where they're seated right now, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, they're kind of in a surge right now, and they're getting people's attention. Is that too late to get that second guy on when there's some teams ahead of them that are going to get the benefit of the doubt? One thing that could help Pascal, some of the guys that would be on the team are injured. And so, you know, that, that could potentially open up a spot. So I think it'll be tough, but I definitely think they're both deserving. And at the end of the day, yes, man, you want that jersey and you want that notch in your belt and you want that on your resume and, and your legacy when you're done playing. You know, add that number to how many times you played in the All-Star game. But at the end of the day, what really matters is, are you deserving of the conversation? And clearly both of those guys are. Speaking with Tim Legler from ESPN, 10-year NBA vet as well. Tim, one of the things Jonesy and I have been discussing a little bit too, not just about the Raptors, but you know, take a look at the East in general and the, the, the parity that is in the league, but especially in the Eastern Conference this year. I'm looking at a team like Toronto that's surging and you know, Boston maybe starting to put things together. Atlanta went on a, a, a nice run to put themselves back in the mix. Charlotte's continued to hang around. I just mentioned all of the play-in teams. Like, who from the Bulls, the Heat, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Cavs, the Nets, even though Brooklyn's lost six in a row, I don't think that's going to keep up. Like, who from these top six is going to fall out to even create a spot for one of those playing teams? Like, it's a dogfight right now in the top 10, top 11 in the East. Yeah, and, and you just wonder, you know, look, you got 30-some games left. Is there enough time 
to make up that gap and get into that top six so you're not worried about the play-in. I mean, it, you know, definitely, because well, number one, it, you're still going to be ebb and flow with who's playing every night the rest of the way with these top six teams. Um, and each of those teams, by the way, is flawed. Each of those teams, I could make a case for why I don't see them playing in the NBA Finals. Um, if you if you ask me right now today to go lay money on, in Vegas on who I think the two teams are right now that are probably slightly above in that top six, I'd say Miami and Milwaukee. So it's good news for you guys because you just beat Miami in back-to-back games. But that speaks to how tight this is and how I think when you're going to have a situation where you're going to have four first-round best-of-seven series that you could see six- and seven-game series in all of them. And that just doesn't usually happen. You know, those top couple of seeds in either conference, typically you're thinking to yourself, when I get asked to make predictions on those series, usually I'll say six, knowing that in my head I say five, but I give myself as an analyst a little bit of a buffer in case it ends up being a little tighter. Um, but in this case, literally, you're, you could have series that on paper look like six- and seven-game series. Um, once you get out of the play-in, and now you've got four matchups that are going to go best of seven. I think Miami and Milwaukee are probably, of those top six, the most complete teams. Um, you know, Philadelphia, and Embiid, is, to me, has been the best player in the NBA for the last six weeks. Uh, but what are they going to do with Ben Simmons? If they don't replace that caliber of talent, that's going to be tough for them to pull off um, and go beyond possibly even the first round. You know, I don't think a team like Brooklyn, you can look at it and say, how do you know when they've really not been whole? Kyrie Irving's not going to play home games in the postseason. That's a big deal. Kevin Durant's still going to be out for an extended period of time. James Harden looks like a shell of himself a lot of nights. So I don't know that much about Brooklyn. Chicago has been a great story. I don't think they're on that level. They're dealing with a couple of serious injuries to their playmakers. So who knows how that affects their ultimate seeding. And if they have to go on the road, it could change everything for Chicago. So I can make, go right down the list and make a case for each of these teams, why it's going to be difficult to pull off. And that's why, you know, Toronto sort of hovering in the mix. If they can somehow play themselves into that top six, which I think is possible, uh, they're very dangerous. I would not want to play them. And, and it's going to be very tough to predict ultimately who is going to win those first round series. It's, it's going to be very, very tight because these teams are so closely packed together and it could come down to health at the end of the day well tim i agree and and uh, you know when you talk about toronto they're one of those teams you don't want to play them because even if you do and you beat them you're going to leave something behind they're going to take it out of you uh, legs we need an hour with you i know we can't get that but uh it's it's great to chat with you hopefully uh, we get back to traveling and see you on the road again at some point but we need to know your reserves before before we go Oh, listen, I, I, I actually, I haven't, I, I haven't compiled an official list. I'm, I'm going to supposed to be putting that together tonight. So I, okay. I would hate to do it off the top of my head. I, w- I would like to really come up with the guys that I think are deserving before I just, you know, kind of spout it off. All right. So we're going to have to watch. E. We're going to have to pay attention. We didn't get the inside word here. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have to be like all the other plebs and just pay attention. No, you can tell. You can tell he's you a broadcaster it. now. That's 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 called a tease. That's a called tease from Tim Legler. All right. Hey, hey listen, Tim. Hey, listen, man. Listen. I, I work with a lot. I work with a lot of people that just want to give that hot take without putting any thought behind it. I'm not one of those guys. That's it. Neither hey, are listen, we. It's a great point. It's a great point. Good on you. Hey, Tim. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Legs. Right, guys. Anytime.
You got it. There is Tim Legler, 10-year NBA vet from ESPN and Sirius XM as well. Uh, appreciate his time. He did give us one, uh, I guess, glimpse of his reserves, though. It sure sounded like he was going to go with Fred Van Vliet and taking Fred by a hair over Pascal Siakam, assuming that the Raptors aren't getting both. He said that Fred will likely get the nod. So I don't, I don't mean to speak for him, but I think he kind of tipped his hand a little bit earlier in our conversation with that one, uh, Jones. And that seems to kind of be the sense yeah. from a lot of folks that Pascal is more than deserving but he will likely, likely miss out because it's going to come down to one of two guys and Fred's just inching that much further ahead, I guess, than, than Pascal at this point, which is crazy to think, but it's a good thing. It's a positive problem, as you've often said in the past, because Pascal's numbers, his production is better than his all-star year across yeah, the no, board. I, 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 I agree. I, I, I totally agree. And as, as Leg said, They could be talking about him as a snub, which is good, too. And you know what? Maybe he does. If he doesn't go, maybe he gets the rest. But uh, it does mean something. You know, he's he's at least had one one stint in the All-Star game. Um, You know, it's something that's on his resume. Uh, You know, I I hope Freddie gets one maybe this year uh, before it's all said and done. But... um, Man, it's it's tough. It 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 really really is. And you know, people say, "Oh, expand the All Star roster because the game's for the fans." It doesn't matter how much you expand it. Somebody's still going to be left off. Like the NCAA tournament went from sixty four to sixty eight, and we still got arguments. You know, you can make it, you can make it seventy five. We're still going to get arguments. Who should like? Well, we're seventy six. We should be in there. Like it, it doesn't yeah. matter. So, uh, you know, let, let's let's see how it shakes down. Um, but uh, but uh, to, to Tim's point, nobody wants to see the Raptors the way they're playing right now. The other thing, too, is if you're going to expand the rosters ever, and I don't think you need to, please, please, please do not go the way of every team gets a representative. No, no. Please no but not everybody gets a trophy. Please. No, no, no. Exactly, exactly. No participation, participation ribbons. No, no. Oh, actually, I don't hold do on. That. What? One, one other thing to put a bow maybe on All-Star Talk. Well, we won't put a bow on it because I'm sure we'll talk more about it as we approach All-Star Weekend and whatnot. But A, have you seen the jerseys? B, whether you have or haven't seen the jerseys, which, by the way, are god-awful. They're, they, they look like practice jerseys at best. They look like something from a, a, a youth league. Like the, They look horrendous. Okay, I've, I don't know your take on it. But the other thing, I wish they would go back, and I know they're trying to make money, but who in the hell buys all-star jerseys anyways? Like, really, how many people listening right now have purchased an NBA all-star jersey on purpose? Jonesy, let's go back to, like, hey, the game's in Cleveland. It's east. You're wearing the whites. In the west, you're wearing the dark uniforms. And I think it's actually cool to see a guy in a Raptor jersey playing alongside a guy in a Cavs jersey alongside a guy in a – in a in a Brooklyn jersey, like I think that looks better than these lame-o jersey East West. Nobody wants to buy those things. Yeah, marketing, like you said. No, but I'm somebody telling you, will buy. Do they actually make somebody that much money buy. off these things? I they don't know. Can't. Somebody will they buy. Can't. Somebody will buy. People will buy. Oh, I'm buying an All-Star jersey. Like somebody will buy. It's. I'd rather have a Fred Van Vliet Raptors jersey with an All-Star crest on it. Like with the, you know, like a little sewn-on patch or something. Like the, you know, like they now do with the, the championships on the back of the yeah. neck of the jersey. I'd rather have a, yeah. a cool little patch or something. Like I remember, I don't know why this just sticks out in my brain. I, when the N- NHL had 
the 75th year anniversary. They had a really cool 75 patch. And I remember as a kid, it's like, man, I want to I wanna buy that patch and put that on my Gretzky Kings jersey or something. Because it was cool to have this, this sort of unique little patch. Give me a jersey with the all-star patch. I do not need some lame-ass jersey that's an east, west, with the, the, the number like in some hieroglyphics, like weird font on the back with the name down on the bottom of the jersey instead of the top or down the side because they like to get funky and try new things. Nobody wants that thing. Nobody does, Jonesy. You might wear it for a weekend and then go, oh, crap, I blew 150 bucks on that thing I'm never going to wear again. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm ranting I, on no, all-star I, jerseys longer than I should. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I, I very rarely uh, buy a jersey. That's just, that's just me. I mean, I have a couple that mean something to me, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't sport them a lot. Um, it, well, it, like you said, they're selling, they're selling and, and they're making money. So, and it's a, it's a festive celebratory time, the all-star game. So I guess I can, I guess I can live with it. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen you wear a jersey other than in pictures of when you played at York or whatever. So I, I, I'm going to have to find out for hey man, you what this I, jersey is that you purchased and, and, and what hey it man, is. It, it, that was the, the arrogance in me as a player. I ain't wearing nobody's name on my back except my own. Like, you know what? I, I, wanted, I want a place to well that people want to wear my name on their back. So, yeah, no, it's like that was that was something that – uh, something that was given to us, man. No, man, I, I'm not wearing anybody else's jersey. I'm me. Well, listen, I, I, I was wearing Josh Allen a couple weeks ago. I admit that. It's the only jersey. It's the only jersey I own that I wear. I do have a couple of jerseys, but like I'm staring at one right now on my wall that's in a frame, but that's obviously not being worn. It's in a frame. But the one that I wear, the only one that I wear is Josh Allen. I, I, hey man, I'm not I'm not against the fandom. Like if you're, like I got hats of teams that I like and and t-shirts and I I just don't I just don't have I just don't have the jersey. It's not my jersey. I'm only wearing you. my jersey. There's part of me that says I'm only wearing my jersey. Now, you know when my nephew gets drafted by by the Argos or or the Ticats or whatever, and he, he's playing in the CFL, eh, I might buy the jersey. You know, it's different. How about, how about Lance Kennedy writing in the chat that he purchased a Trey Lance jersey? Wow. wow. Lanzo, what happens when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback next year? <laughs> <laughs> that thing's going to be a relic. 